Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast. My name is Chris Ballas. With me, Jeff Schiller. M Hoops One on the Wolverine.com message board, The Fort, reporting live from Nebraska, Dr. Bajwa's house. And what a uh, what a couple of days it's been, Jeff. And we'll talk about that in a minute. We all went to the we all went to the Michigan Nebraska game tonight. I was covering it. And uh you've always said there are times in the fourth quarter, or not fourth quarter, but late in the second half of a game where they could be up by 40 points and you'd still be nervous. But there wasn't really any doubt about this one tonight, buddy. No, even uh even I was uh Calm with uh, throughout much of the second half. It was pretty clear that Nebraska was not going to stop Michigan. Uh, in, in some cases, wasn't even going to try to stop Michigan. Yeah, Nebraska was never going to score enough points to be in the game. No, one hundred two was it? One hundred two to sixty-seven was it? I believe was the final, and it wasn't that close. That's the crazy part about it. But uh, the one thing that I took away from this one, Jeff, is and this is two games now. I asked the kids after the game. I asked Brandon Johns, Terrence Williams, Zeb Jackson what the difference was on the offense in the last two games. And he said, we're trusting each other and we're moving the ball and sharing it. And you can see it. They are passing up good shots for better shots. And that ball's moving around the perimeter again and not sticking. And it's been not just one guy. Zeb Jackson last game struggled in his first game back and was not moving the ball very well, but he even was out there flipping it around the perimeter and they were playing inside out. Hunter Dickinson's gotten so much better being patient and not panicking when he's getting doubled, finding an open guy. And then they move that thing around really the, the offensive uh, improvement the last couple of games has been the most impressive thing to me about this team. Yeah. It, they're much better at passing the ball. They're much better at looking for shots. And then when you go 27 for 52 on threes over a two game stretch, all of a sudden your offense is going to look much better. Part of that is the shots they're getting, but part of it is they're making the shots. Caleb Houston has been getting good shots all year. All of a sudden, he is the Caleb Houston that everybody knew he could be and make uh, making shots that he could make. If Terrence Williams, who everyone talked about in the offseason as having improved his three-point stroke, made a lot in the first game against Buffalo, and then went six games, uh, basically one for 12 or something like that, uh, if at this point he starts making threes again, this is a completely different team. They had eight guys make threes tonight. Yeah, and 15 total. And uh, and again, it could have been better. They had some wide open looks that didn't fall. At one point, Jeff, Eli Brooks was 0 for 5 from three-point range, and they were still shooting 50%. And so that goes to show you that's a great sign. And I'm not saying it's a great sign that Eli Brooks isn't shooting well. But when the other guys are making them, uh, that's huge. And they were wide open looks, too. So um, Nebraska, you're not going to get much worse than that when it comes to defense. And uh, there, were, there were so many open looks. I think somebody had a, on another message board, like you said, said that it looked like they did their part to practice social distancing and were being responsible because they just weren't defending. But I loved how uh, – two things. I loved how they looked to, to get out and run, uh, but they were in control. 
And uh, they're going to be tougher challenges for Devontae Jones, but he was getting the ball up. They were getting into the offense much earlier, I thought. That won't always be the case against more athletic guards, but when you get into the offense earlier, then you have a much better chance of success on a, on a possession. Yeah, I know Devontae Jones gets a lot of criticism on the board, and to be fair, he hasn't played well the first part of the season. But tonight he had eight assists and no turnovers. Yep. And I'll take that from my point guard any day of the week. Uh, did he pass up some good shots? Yeah. Did Alonzo Verge score a lot of points when he was in there? Yes, but Alonzo Verge also scored a lot of points when he was being guarded by Eli Brooks, and he scored a lot of points when he was being guarded by Frankie Collins, and he scored a lot of points when he was being guarded by Zeb Jackson. Alonzo Verge is a kid throughout his college career, largely at Arizona State, who will get in the lane on anybody. I watched him in high school at Proviso. Uh, he gets in the lane on anybody. He tosses up shots. Sometimes he makes them. Sometimes he doesn't. And I think I remember one uh, sequence in Arizona State where he had 43 one game and three the next game. And that's how he is. But when he gets there and the shots make, there's not a lot you can do about it. And I thought, to some extent, all of the guys that played on him played pretty well defensively. You can only make people make tough shots. And if they make them, you tip your hat. Yeah, without a doubt. Another encouraging thing, Hunter Dickinson playing much harder. He had some bad body language there a couple games there, Jeff, and he was much better in the last two games playing like the Hunter Dickinson of old. The best thing to me, they started overplaying him to the to the right. He has that little righty hook shot now. That's number one. Number two, I think he was one for three on triples tonight, if I'm not yes. mistaken, and yeah. that's okay. Uh, as long as, and one of them went in and out too, Jeff, but they were close. Uh, you can tell that he's got a spot on the floor and it was like John Teske. You didn't see John Teske shooting from the corners. You saw him shooting from the top of the arc, uh, maybe within five feet of each, each side of the, uh, the top of the key there. And it keeps teams honest and it makes them come out and it really spreads the floor. That's going to be a weapon. I think I thought, okay, when he made his first one, I thought, okay, those first, those last three last game weren't a fluke. And that's going to be, Absolutely huge for this team going forward. If he can even make one or take two a game. Absolutely. If he, when he comes out, that's going to leave room inside, not only for our drivers, but for Brandon Johns and for Musa Diabate when he gets back to work inside. And for Musa in particular, there aren't a lot of teams in the Big Ten who are going to have a 6'11 athletic inside guy who can play with Musa if he's got space. And if Hunter can go out and make that shot, he's going to have space. Yeah, he is. Uh, Terrence Williams, it was good to see him because he struggled too, uh, but he played with confidence. Uh, one thing I asked Juwan Howard, I said, was it, you know, are you seeing the confidence again in Caleb Houston in his shot? Because I am. When C- Caleb Houston's shooting the ball well, he's jawing a little bit at his defender. Guys, you can see guys talking to him. He's talking back. He's got a little bit of swagger. He had his head down when he was missing some of those shots. And uh, so Juwan's, what Juwan said was, man, it was early, you know, and he was he never lost his confidence. I beg to differ with all due respect. Uh, it's pretty clear when a kid's shoulders slump, uh, Brandon Johns being the same way. Uh, but John's tonight was the catalyst, and I couldn't have been happier for the kid. What people don't know is that he's been receiving all kinds of hate mail and DMs and everything else, and it sucks. Uh, I hate it. I, I remember the John Navarre story in Michigan's quarterback in 2003 and all the crap he took it was back when they were answering machines, and he would come home and there would be 15 messages on his machine telling him how badly he sucked. You want to talk about disgraceful. Well, 
now it's DMs and social media and everything else. But Brandon Johns was the catalyst tonight. When they got out and running, I think he scored seven of the first 11 points. When he plays like that, Jeff, and when he plays with that confidence, again, this is a different team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's a kid who, where the first shot goes in, where the first few shots go in, things are very different. And they ran the first play and got him a wide-open lookout on top. And he shot it quickly, and he shot it confidently, and it went down. And from that point, it opened the game for Brandon. I couldn't be happier. This is a kid who came in as a top 60 kid and who was behind Isaiah Livers. And then when he thought last year that he would get some minutes even as a third forward, he wound up being behind Shondi Brown. And I remember seeing in the locker room when Shondi scored his 1,000 point and Juwan was giving him a ball, and people were – the teammates were crowded around him, and the one who was the loudest and the happiest was Brandon Johnson, who was a guy who was losing minutes because Shondi Brown was scoring his 1,000-point people and things before that. And for all the people that talk about the team, the team, the team, this is a kid who has team as a major part of his makeup, and it is great to see him do that. I, I yes. will say this. I did not, and I don't know that anybody had Brandon Johns and Terrence Williams in the 2020 club tonight. <laughs> But uh, they they did, and if they could continue to do that, uh, this is a different basketball team. Yeah, especially with Musa Diabate off the floor, who had moved into the starting lineup. And uh, so these guys were filling in for Diabate, and the way they played was fantastic. I think 53 rebounds. Now, when you shoot as badly as Nebraska did, you're going to you're gonna get quite a few rebounds, I guess. Because well, I'm going to tell you, Chris, I, I watched the game, and you watched the game, and the the, the – Kid whose name I can't remember, but he's from Japan, the junior yes. college keeper, hits two, one really long three, and then one step back three, tightly guarded. Yes. Seven to six. And we're about three minutes into the game, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be one of those days where a bad shooting team shoots it really well, and this could be a tough game all the way. And then I think they made two of their next 29. Right. That <laughs> was awful. They were absolutely terrible. And they were missing some shots badly. Yeah. I mean, you know, there weren't a lot of those shots that looked like they were going down. Nope. Nope. Not even close. You could tell when they released them. Uh, there were maybe one or two in and out, Jeff. And then after that, uh, you know, people in the stands were ducking for cover. At one, point, at one point, Verge had 27 points and the rest of the team had 22. Yeah. It was and, terrible. So and again, again. As much as Verge scored and as much as they, uh, you know, I'm sure there are people who were criticizing our defense, Verge can light up games. Yes, He's always been able to do that. He did it in high school. He's done it in college at, at the Power 5 level. And he is a player who could get his. What you want to get out and stop Verge from doing is getting it to anybody else in scoring position. And Michigan did that tonight. Yeah, they did. I'm a little disappointed in uh, what Fred Hoiberg's done there or hasn't done. I've always thought he was a pretty good coach, and I thought that was a great hire for them. Are you stunned, a little bit surprised, that uh, how bad they are and, and that the, he hasn't been able to turn the corner at all? I think the problem he's had is that he always, when he was at Iowa State, did this with transfers as well. And everybody thought this would be a perfect place to get transfers, and it is. The problem is that he has had a bunch of transfers who come and go for one season. They're like one-and-dones, except they aren't as good as the one-and-dones that you get. He's taken chances on kids. They haven't worked out. And as a result, he's got a new team playing on the floor every single season. And 
that's not a recipe for success. We saw Duke and Kentucky struggle last year with five McDonald's All-Americans out there because they hadn't played together. The kids that Nebraska is getting are not McDonald's All-Americans. The only one who was at that level was uh, McGowan's kid. And by the way, uh, I think kudos ought to be sent out. Uh, there have been a lot of criticism, and I, I, one of them, of Caleb Houston's defense in the first six, seven games of the year. Yep. Caleb Houston did a job tonight. Yep, yep. Uh, he played very well against McGowan's. He guarded him. He kept him out of the lane. He kept him. McGowan's a kid averaging 15, 16 points a game and who could who could pass the ball as well. And he was a complete non-factor tonight. Yeah, he's getting better. And that was a, a major concern. And um, it's funny what a difference a week makes, right? Because you've played two, two games now. I don't care where you go in the Big Ten on the road. If you win a Big Ten road game, it's a big deal. Uh, I get that Nebraska's not very good. The atmosphere was disappointing. I thought it would be louder. Uh, maybe it would have been had they given them any reason. But that yeah, game was pretty much over. I mean, that game was... That get by the middle of the first half, it looked like this was not going to be a game. Right. And Michigan has had struggles in the last three, four minutes of the halves, first halves, much of the year. And they actually had one a little bit at the end of the first half today, except Nebraska couldn't score either. Right. So a 21 point lead became a 19 point lead because neither team could score. Yep, exactly. But, uh, but winning that, uh, now you got Minnesota coming up. What, what do we think about the Gophers? You got them at home. You got to win your home games, Jeff. I understand that uh, they're, they're better and they're playing decent basketball, but that's a game they've got to win. You start 2-0, and uh, and then you start getting your swagger back a little bit, and you're getting back on track to where we thought this team was going to be at this point in the year. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously you would have liked to have been better early on, and the real truth of the matter is if Michigan had held on to the lead and beat Seton Hall, in a game they should have held on to the lead and beat Seton Hall. Uh, what they've done for the two games, as disappointing as the Arizona and North Carolina games were, you kind of expected that with all the newcomers. Uh, Seton Hall is what changed the look. And the last two games look like a turnaround. Again, yes, they are a great team. Nebraska is not very good. On the other hand, winning by 35 on the road against anybody is something that rarely gets done. You don't beat third-level schools if you wind up on the road against them by 35. That right. was a completely different game. They were making – yes, there were wide-open shots, but I got to tell you, Chris, there were wide-open shots in earlier games that they didn't come close to making. Yep. Yep, um, absolutely right. They played – when they played uh, uh, Tarleton and when they played Prairie View – both of those teams were swarming the post. Both of those teams were giving up wide open threes. And we were missing. Michigan was missing those shots. Yep. Uh, they're, not, they're not missing at this point. No. Nope. 102.67 sure sounds familiar. Was that the Michigan-Virginia score in 1989? Something like that. It may, it may have been the same score. Uh, it been yeah, the exact it, same. <laughs> I think it was, was 102.67 or 102.69. I was at that game, too. That was Glenn Rice going crazy. And, uh, and, and, and Sean Higgins on the other side going crazy. Was exactly. Like, like, like they were playing a horse. Yes, it was. It was fantastic. And uh, one of the better events that I've ever been to as a fan. Uh, so many years ago now already. But uh, but a nice win for Michigan. Your thoughts on the Minnesota game? You think they're going to take care of business? Or, and what do you think about Minnesota so far this year? I think so. Minnesota's played much, much better than anybody expected them to play. Now, it's not that they beat 
great teams until uh, I believe it was uh, Saturday or Sunday. They beat Mississippi State, which is not a bad team, not a great team, but a top 60 or 70 team. They beat them at Mississippi State, which was a huge win for them. And they get Michigan State tomorrow in, in uh, Minneapolis. And we'll know a lot more about Minnesota. I don't know how good they are. They have some play. They have a couple of guys who will come in. Uh, presumably, there will be a nice crowd Saturday. Uh, everybody's buzzing about Michigan sports over the last week or two. It's, uh, you know, there isn't football coming, and it's, it's a Saturday game. And I think that hopefully there will be a nice crowd. I think Michigan should take care of business unless it uh, reverts back to the things that it did. And even if it does, Minnesota is not as good as Seton Hall, and Michigan should have beaten Seton Hall in a game that didn't play very well. Right. So yeah. uh, it would be a big disappointment to lose to Minnesota at home if if Michigan takes care of business. All of a sudden, they're 2-0 with the Big Ten. They've won two games that admittedly they should win, but they did win. And they're 6-3, and three, and they've got uh, Southern Utah and Fort Wayne coming up. And then uh, UCF down in Florida uh, the day before the uh, the Orange Bowl, which which is fascinating. Uh, and uh, then they get back to Big Ten play, and they they open Big Ten with Rutgers, right. so they could pretty easily be three and zero before they hit the gauntlet where they play Michigan State, uh, uh, Purdue, and Illinois in three games in a row. Yeah, with the that's, that's where you'll know a lot more. Exactly. And that'll be very interesting. He's Jeff Schiller on Hoops One. Jeff, I appreciate it. Uh, live from Nebraska here. Uh, what a great weekend. And uh, Chris, I just, just want to say one more thing, yes. which is for people who are listening, uh, I'm going to put this in game thoughts, but I want to put it out here too. One of the great things about this board is the people you meet. Yeah. And we have been privileged to spend two days with Dr. Bajala and, uh, his family, and I, I cannot tell you how how wonderful this has been to, to meet people and to, to you know to make friendships uh, off people on the board, uh, quality people, great people, incredible hospitality. I, I just can't be thankful enough about that. I'm honored. It's uh, it's unbelievable, and it's it, you're right. Twenty years, and when you meet these people in person, finally. Uh, like when you and I met, it's like meeting an old friend or talking to an old friend, like you've known each other forever. And it's been fantastic. And we thank you, Dr. Bajwa, for your, your hospitality. We'll be back. And uh, the good news is, is that we get to come back to for football because this is a uh, football series going to be going on for about six more years. For whatever reason, the Big Ten thought it'd be a good idea, kind of like Michigan, Wisconsin, all those years. So but the people here in Nebraska are fantastic, by the way, too. Uh, Lincoln is a fantastic town. So it's been nice great. Game I have ever been, a road game I have ever been in from from the the support staff to the ushers to the people in the stands, one of whom came over and uh, 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 welcomed my wife and I to the arena. Yes, they're just fantastic people. Yep, they really are. Jeff, I appreciate your time. We'll talk again later in the week before the Minnesota game, and uh, look forward to talking to you. All right, thanks, Chris.